Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode of Move Your Mind with Manu Fidel. We went really deep into his psychology. We talked about his failures, how he's overcome them, how he's dealt with ego, how he approaches life. And he got really vulnerable in this interview. And I personally took a huge amount out of it. I found it really moving at times. And I highly recommend you guys listen all the way through. There's incredible advice that he gives. It's a side of him that you may not have seen. So listen to the full episode and leave us some comments. Share it with your friends. We'd love to see what you think. Just as a side note, we had a small tech issue when Manu switches microphones during the interview. It only lasts for a brief moment and then goes back to normal, but we apologize for any inconvenience. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Manu Fidel. Manu's a chef, restaurateur, and television presenter, and has become one of the most popular personalities on Australian television as co-host of the successful My Kitchen Rules series on Channel 7. In 2019, Manu took on a new judging role in Australia's Got Talent returning for a second series in 2020. Manu is also currently taking on a new cooking show for Channel 7 called Plate of Origin. Manu, thank you so much for coming and having a chat to me on my new podcast. I have not actually spoken to you, I think, for probably seven or eight years, which leads into the first question I had for you, actually. Do you, do you, do you remember how, how we first met, mate? Yes, we, we met on a set of Dancing with the Stars in 2011. Yeah, a little while ago, and uh, which you won, and I was probably <laughs> one of the worst dancers in the history of that show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you've, you had a, a great muscly buddy, but a very, very uh, kind of stiff as well, I thought. <laughs> Very rigid. That's yeah. the problem when you've got muscles. Sometimes you can't move. <laughs> it was like this. It was, yeah, sort of like no no movement whatsoever. Uh, you know, but you, you, you're you like relatively muscular guy as well. But you had, you know, you were very fluid. I, I was like always jealous of how well you moved. I think I just, <laughs> I was I was there to have fun, a lot of fun. But um, uh, I'm also very competitive, I suppose. So uh, trying to bring the, the fun and the competition together, kind of work together, I suppose. Well, you did a good job. You won. You won the bloody thing. So um, <laughs> you, you did something well. Um, so before we get into it, are you able to just a bit of a brief background, just on uh, where you've come from, how you how you basically wound up where you are now? Sure. Uh, it's going to take a lot longer than an hour, I suppose. But now, in 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 a nutshell, yeah, just a brief sort yeah. of background. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In a yeah. nutshell, I'm I'm born in France. Started my apprenticeship when I was 15 with my dad went to London when I was 18. Uh, I was in England for eight years. Uh, by the age of 26, I decided to come to Australia, uh, still cooking. And about four or five years after that, uh, I got a little gig on TV called uh, Ready, Steady, Cook. And from that, uh, I got the big gig uh, on uh, My Kitchen Rules and so on. So yeah, it's, I mean, I've been here just over 20 years now. And I've been loving any every minute of it. Yeah, I mean, twenty years. You've it's a it's a long time. I'm sure it's probably gone quite fast for you. Yeah, period. I mean, it's it's gone fast, but you know, it it seems like I arrived yesterday. But it's also twenty years. It's it's a huge amount of time to you know to shape a twenty six year old man to a forty seven year old man. You know, so it's it's been fantastic. It's unbelievable, and I mean, I've, I was reading before. I already know a fair bit about what you've done, but I was reading through the different TV shows you've been on, the different restaurants you've opened, the ventures you've been involved in, and I mean, you've crammed a huge amount in. It's um, which I, I want to go into, you know, more detail about soon. But 
Um, before that, I was reading, and I th- think I remember hearing this, or maybe even when I was talking to you on Dancing with the Stars, but I read when you were 13, you decided to uh, go and join the circus and go down that path, and you had come from a family of professional chefs. Was that a decision because you felt like you really needed to, you know, understand what you really wanted before you decided on what path you would go down? Yeah, I mean, uh, cooking was never in my thoughts. Eating was in my thoughts. Like, my whole family is is in the game, so food was uh, was always part of uh, entertaining, I suppose. Uh, you know, we, we always thought about food and eating and and drinking good wines and so on. But it wasn't in a thought of joining the profession whatsoever. For me, uh, I was a clown at school when I was a young kid and I saw that it made people laugh. Uh, So I used to love entertaining my friends and I used to love watching stand-up comedians. I used to love going to the circus. And I just turned around to my mom saying, you know, I'd love to try the circus stuff. And there was a little... uh, circus school uh, in the city where I lived and I used to go there three days a week like any kids would go to basketball or football or soccer I I was going to the circus yeah yeah well and so I guess and then it's probably organically grown into the career that you've had because like you're saying you had that love of, of eating food I guess did you originally set out to have the career that you've had now and the success you've had or was it more I love doing this. You found that love for, for food and you just immersed yourself in it. It was more like I had to make a choice, basically, where uh, at 15 years old, uh, my teachers you know, told my parents that it would be better if I kind of start this type of apprenticeship. That school wasn't really for me. I wasn't concentrating mm. enough or listening to... to I wasn't interested, basically. Um, and uh, my mom went well, you know, what are we going to do with you? And obviously the circus, it's, it's not something that happens just like that. You need to train for, mm. for, for years before you're able to be looked at in, in, in a lot of ways. And my mom just said, my, my parents were divorced uh, and my dad owned a, a small restaurant. So mom said, listen, I'll send you to your dad. Go and work there for a year and we'll take it from there. And to be honest with you, from me not really enjoying school to enter the professional life as a young man, I just loved working straight away. And it's funny, I'm, I'm not sure if my dad wa- was a, an electrician or if he'd been a plumber or, or whatever job, I would have joined that kind of work. But just, mm. just working for me was, was something that I, I enjoyed straight away. And because I love food as well, it just made a lot of sense. And, and I think I made the decision straight away saying, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try to, to be as good as I can and be the best as I can. Yeah. So it was a good marriage. You loved working. You found something you loved in, in food and combined them. But I think it's a really good point what you're making as well. And, you know, something that probably in this day and age more than ever, where people would that are aspiring to have a career like you, for example, would look up to you. And we often look at the end goal of, I want to get to that point and not really, not so much focusing on just the work and doing, you know, what's in front of us. How do I obtain all these different things? And if you have a goal where it's about the end outcome rather than just doing the work, we can fall by the wayside because it's not, you know, you'll get overwhelmed or you'll put unnecessary pressure on yourself. So I think it's such a good point what you're making, just, you know, wanting to actually work and, and not, planning too much where that goes just working working hard yeah i suppose as i said i suppose i was lucky to be able to find love in that job straight away so all i had to do is put my head down and and learn and after i worked with my dad for a year i i signed up for an apprenticeship in a in a fine dining restaurant and that was the the hardest two years of my life i was 16 years old to the age of 18 i was doing 16 to 18 hours a day six days a week uh and it was kind of slavery i suppose and i was underpaid but i just i nick i just bloody loved it you know i i, I loved I, I just loved the fact that i'd found something that I could get my teeth into and and enjoy and 
and and struggle through it. But also the, through the struggle, I could see the the payoff. I was getting mm-hmm. better on on a weekly basis, and you know, and I think that's that's the thing that mm-hmm. we we as human being we always seem to be clear on the negative, but not clear mm-hmm. on the positive of things. And always look at what we haven't done instead of what we have achieved, you know. Um, and to be honest with you, when I left to go to London, I couldn't speak a word of English. I only had 300 pounds in my pocket. Uh, all, I knew, all I did was I had a, an interview and a job. And, and I did the same. I just head down, bum up and worked my bollocks off, you know, and, um, yeah. and it was, again, it was tough because I couldn't speak the language and I didn't have any money to start with. And I was staying in, in bed seats and, you know, and all of that. I mean, you know, the apprenticeship of life after the apprenticeship of my job, you know, was very difficult, but again, it just makes you stronger. And I can, I can remember going home and every night just, crying out you know for help because uh, it was bloody hard but i was lucky to have a job and lucky to have a job that i loved so that could just kind of clean my head and just put my head into my job every every day you know um but as you get better you get more recognized and you get get more responsibilities and and then uh, the job becomes easier and you make more friends and 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 so on so it's yeah, I mean, you know, as you know, as a young man or a young adult girl or boy, it's very difficult, especially with society and what, you know, what they want from you and how you should look and what you should think and how you should think and who your mate should be and so on. So it's very difficult. So for me, I was alone and in some way it was good because I could just concentrate on me, mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and I and just get on with it. Absolutely. No, and so many amazing points that you've made in there that I think can really relate to a lot of the things that that we talk about on here and that can help a lot of people. And like you're saying, you know, if you focused on the negative in that situation, you would have overwhelmed yourself. You would have thought, how on earth am I going to move countries when I don't speak the language, don't have money in in the bank? You, You probably wouldn't have gone through it, but by just doing it and having that focus and being single minded, uh, Obviously, it's going to be hard, but you, that's where you actually learn and you learn about who you are and you learn character. And we all need to go through hardship to learn about what we want and who we are and all these lessons. And the other thing I love that you're talking about is falling in love with the process rather than the outcome because we can't control very much in life. We can hope, we can aim for big things, we can, you know, hopefully they do work out, but. We can't, and this whole coronavirus situation teaches us more than ever. We can only control so much. So, fall in love with that process. That's right, and and um, uh, you, know, you know, for me, I think you you need to surround yourself uh, with the right people. And I see it with my son. You know, last year he um, he was hanging out with the wrong crowd, and I could see that. You know. The mich- being mischievous and so on. And we've had the conversation. I said, you know, I said, who's your mates? And, you know, and mm-hmm. he said, well, I, I'm not sure they are my mates yet. And da, da, da. I said, I miss my old mates from rugby. I said, well, what did you change? And the fact that he was changing school and so on. I, I said, and he didn't know how to make the swap. I said, you don't have to make a swap. You know, you can just retract yourself a little from there and join the next group and see how it fits better, you know? And um, this year is such a better kid because he's, he's found his groove with his mm. good mates that are really dedicated in sports and so on. And they've got a lot in common. And yeah, they're still 15 years old. So they're still, uh, they're fucking around a little bit, but uh, you know, it's, it's oh, at least yeah. he's hanging out, at least he's hanging out with the right. Yeah, exactly. And it can take a bit of time. Like you're saying, you know, it can be, it, we, it's a bit of trial and error to find those people that um, we can fit into. But um, I think the the key the key message there is not having to change your own personality or conform to to you know to be cool or to fit into a group to be comfortable enough in yourself. Again, like you said, when you moved to um, to London, you were saying you had to. It was kind of good that you had to just 
completely focus on yourself and didn't have to try and pretend to be anyone because it meant that you probably ended up finding all of the people that slot into your life and that you know that group that you fit into yeah that's right i mean um as i said to again i'm going to take my son as an example because i was saying to him i said you don't have to be a clown or you know be someone else to please your mate I said, you're a good kid, you've got, you, you've got great manners uh, and, and your mates love you for who you are, not for who you're trying to be. And coming back to me as a kid, I was a clown because that's what I wanted to be, you know? So no one forced me it, to yeah. be a clown. I just wanted to be it. And, and that's why you're right. Don't try to be someone else to please everyone. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because it's an act. You're hiding behind mm-hmm. a mask and, and you're not being yourself. So what's the point, you know? I mean, I saw mm-hmm. a, a something on social media the other day and said, you know, a message was saying, this is me and if you don't like me, piss off, you know, and I'm not going to change for anyone. And, and you shouldn't really. You shouldn't. Uh, that's how it needs to be. That's the message that should be sent out there. And I think it's, uh, I mean, you probably find this with your, son as well with um it's a scary time to be growing up now in the sense of social media mass media consumption you know we're exposed to so much and a lot of people if they don't um have the right aren't you know taught how to think for themselves or how to make the right decisions we can get caught up in thinking i need to be x to try and impress all these people and make them you know make me popular or or fit in or wanted there's the positive and the negative of the the, the, yeah. the positive is the older you get, the more you understand the game. Mm-hmm. But the negative of it is you have to suffer to learn the lessons, regardless if it's business, love, friendship, partnership, whatever it is, you, you will go down before you go up. And you need mm-hmm. to, you need to go down before you go up because you need to understand the negative to appreciate the positive. You see, need to see the dark to see the sunshine. And all of these are just lessons in life. You know, you have to lose a game to know how to appreciate to win the game and so on. And I always said to people, life is a bitch regardless. It's a boxing match. It's many rounds. Sometimes you get, you get punched down. You have to stand up and get, get up for the next round. And hopefully you're going to win at the end of, of the match. And that's the way it is. It's a roller coaster of opportunity, a roller coaster of craziness. But you've got to be able, able to be strong to stay on top. Because at the end of the day, what can happen to you? What's the worst that can happen to you? Is death. You're gone forever. But otherwise, what is it? Money? Friendship? Um, all of that you can fix. It's all it's mm-hmm. all something that you can fix. You don't necessarily need money to be happy. Mm-hmm. It helps, I'm sure, but happiness is not a number. Happiness is a feeling. It's how you feel in you. And making decisions, you can ask a psychiatrist, you can ask your best friend, you can ask your parents to make decisions. Your decisions are here, in your chest. You know yourself if it feels right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent, hundred percent. And that, that's the. But you don't you don't know that when you're 20 or you, when you're 30. You know that when you're 45, 40, 50. You know, and and that's why it's nice to be sharing this, uh, this yeah, message uh, between you and I. It's so powerful what you're saying, and and I often talk. I do a lot of talks in mental health, and one of the the key things I'll try and say. You know, I'm I'm still learning myself, and um, you know, failing at lots of things, but. I'll say instead of reframing your mind how you look at failure and don't look at failure is even calling it the word failure. Yeah. I look at failure now. I'm like, when I fail, I learn. So if I'm going and doing a new, you know, pursuing something new, there's two outcomes that could happen. Yep. I'm either going to actually get the desired outcome I'm, I'm aiming for or if I fail, I'm going to learn. So I'm going to either get the desired outcome or learn something from this Either's positive. Why? Why did why did this business fail? Why did it fail? And then you find out why. And when you do another one, you make sure you tick the, those boxes. Um, exactly. I opened, I opened a restaurant with George Columbaris in in Melbourne about five or six years ago. We spent a lot of money, fit out, 
beautiful. We invited 300 people at the launch, champagne flowing, very exciting, uh, big restaurant, 150 seaters, 200 seaters. And four months later, we had uh, a critic who came in and destroyed us. And because of that and other suppose mistakes that we've done, uh, we just, the business just didn't turn around. Mm. And after four months, my business partners turned around to me and said, we have to close. And I'm like, you, you, you're kidding me. I said, come on, we've only been open four months. So surely we can turn this around. He said, you know, we've put a lot of money in. Um, it doesn't look good, blah, blah, blah. We, we're closing. And I, that was the worst time of my life. Um, and as a grown-up man, I was destroyed. I was crying like a baby. Uh, I couldn't understand. My brain was was in a cloud. Uh, my manager and I were, were together in this as well. And and I went through depression for five months. My my wife was uh, pregnant at the time. She gave birth to my beautiful daughter. I was a dick of a dad. I wasn't there because I was. I was in a bad place. I was in a dark place. And I was horrible. I was horrible to my wife. I was horrible to my child. Um, but then I also realized, and I don't know, something clicked, but I, I've had a lot of support from, from her. She was still hanging out, trying to help me, even though that I was you know, a bit of a dick. And my friends were there as well. And suddenly, just kind of the clouds started to disappear. And I just went, just get on with it, you know, and I went back to do the next project. And, and, and as I said to you earlier on, because all I was looking is what I didn't get, what I felt at, instead of looking at everything else I had around me. I had a great TV mm-hmm. career. I had a beautiful wife. I had two beautiful kids. I've got a, a, a beautiful house uh, and all of this. And all of this just disappeared then. And it just suddenly cleared out and, and realized what I had instead of what I'd lost. And mm. I did another business a couple of years ago, which uh, again didn't last long, it lasted 12 months. But I, I got out clear-minded uh, and cleared the debts in a year. And, and it was so much a better relief, I suppose. And, and then I went back into another business straight away. My wife said, what the heck are you, are you doing? I said, no, I'm so okay. Don't worry, I'm, I'm fine, I'm good. I just needed to just get on with stuff, I suppose. And yeah, I think, I think now I'm, I'm a, my, my head's clearer and I make decisions better and I understand more business as well. And, and the, the great point you're making is when these things happen, and I've had so many of these happen where I can think back a few years ago when the, I thought everything in my life was, you know, set on the trajectory it was going to go go on. And within a two-month period, I had this breakup, heart was broken, thought I was going to marry this girl, business fell apart that I thought was going to be my future, um, and I just crumbled. And it was because I had attached everything to that. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm so grateful all of that fell apart because it's led on this completely different path and, you know, opened up all these other doors. But I think the bigger lesson, um, like what you're saying there is, yes, we're going to learn of how to be more successful in whatever it is we do later. But the biggest lesson is not being attached to, you know, the positives or the negatives. No matter how successful we become, even if, you you know, you become a billionaire, if we're attached to the figure that I need to be, my self-worth is tied to me being a billionaire, you're going to think, okay, there's someone else out there that's richer than me. I need to make more money. I'm not happy. So, it's about being ambitious, but also being okay with ourselves. And like you said before, reminding ourselves, what are we grateful for? What's good in our lives right now, rather than always needing more things to feel better about ourselves? That's right. You're right. And at the moment, I've, I don't know if you're aware, but I've got my source range in Woolworth. Yes, uh, and I I've, been, ask you I've, about it. I've been working on the project for five years. And it's finally on the shelf. It's been on the shelf for eight months. And I feel even though it's on the shelf. I feel like I'm on the roads and there's many traffic lights and I'm getting a red traffic light every time I get to the traffic light. It's red. But it doesn't stop me to just get on with the road, you know what I mean? Because that's, it, it is frustrating, 
Uh, but unfortunately, this is the way it goes. If you've got to follow your dreams, regardless if it's nothing's nothing's easy. Because if it was easy, we would all be doing it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the reason it's hard is because it's hard for the people who just want to get on with it. And there's mm-hmm. people that are leaders and people that are followers. And we need both of those type of people. You know, the the soldier that digs the trenches and then the captain that you know gives the orders. And that's the way life is. And you know, you, you've just got to follow your dreams regardless uh, the stops and starts. You know, if you if you believe in mm-hmm. it, just get on with it. That's yeah, my belief. Yeah, you have to. You know, and, and, and like you said, um, if it was easy, and I think about this with, you know, the I've been pursuing acting for five years and basically if you want to be an actor... You ba- you get rejected for a living. You you go. You be vulnerable. Put yourself out there. When I'm overseas, I'm auditioning five six times a week. You don't hear anything unless it's a yes. So you've got to re- you got to keep reminding yourself. Everyone would be doing this if it was easy. It's not easy for a reason. So are you willing to go and do what it takes to get there yeah. and just keep pushing? And and it's a thing that you know I wanted to ask you about before. You know, just looking at everything you've done. You know, to me it's, as an outsider, it's just like how the hell have you you know, you've done so, even just on TV alone, there's so many different projects. You're, um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, you're a judge on Australia's Got Talent now. I mean, that's <laughs> probably another whole new experience again for you. Like, as an outsider, it's like, how how does this guy just keep going and going and going and going? And I guess one of my questions is, how do you manage when I'm sure that in any given week, you've got lots of projects on the go, you got your TV commitments. How do you not get overwhelmed and stay focused and make sure you're doing the right things for it? Because that's hard. Uh, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, um, very early on when I started TV, I decided to, uh, to have a, a PA who mm-hmm. basically dealt with all my daily chores, I suppose. So just having another person to kind of organize my life, kind of freeze you know, my, my head, I suppose, and I can deal with uh, my family and so on. Um, but then this person became my business manager because now I've got Manu's brand, I've got the source brand, I've got a warehouse, which I'm building at the moment, which is a function room. Then I've now got another PA. So now I've, I've, you, you have to have a team. You can't mm-hmm. just do it by yourself. So basically, it's not one, one man band, you know. You, I'm the singer, mm-hmm. I need a drummer. I need a guitarist, I need vocals, and that's how it works. You, you, you have to surrender yourself with more talented people than who you are. So mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with all the nitty-gritty. So when I walk on set, that's what I've got to think of. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, a, it's such an important lesson. It's something I learned in business um, early on, I was trying to do everything, and you, you you can't do it. You need to team up. You need to recognize what's my talent. What what do I excel in? How can I set up a, a situation where I can um, hyper focus on getting incredible at what I'm good at, and then have people that are amazing at all the other That's areas right. to look after those parts yeah. of it? Like my, my business manager, who's, who used to be my peer, who's been with me ten years. I call her the octopus. You know, she's got three brains. She's got eight bloody arms, and it, she's able to. To just to do everything for me, which is absolutely amazing because she's so dedicated. We're best mates, you know. We she knows me inside out, you know. She can even reply to Q and A's for me without talking to me and so on. So it's it, yeah. it is brilliant yeah. to to have someone like this and and it's the same in every business, you know. You, you may have the idea and the concept, but you there's so much more than the idea and the concept. There's this, 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 mm-hmm. and that. And you have to employ those people that are really good at that to make it happen because you mm-hmm. know, no one's good at everything. No, no one's good at everything. And even if we were good at everything, no, there's only you know, 24 hours in a day. No one can do everything. We, <laughs> That's right. We can't do it. You can, it's just not possible. I mean, you've talked a lot about this. It's another question I wanted to ask. Um, and I think you've sort of answered it in a, a few of the things you've talked about. But how, how difficult is change? I mean, we all face change. I think from in your life, you've moved overseas multiple times, you've started different businesses, your career, so many things. How, how hard do you find change? Um, I don't find change hard, to be honest with you. I find change exciting. Uh, but I suppose 
change change can be hard if it's been pushed on you, regardless of you making the decision. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. make this decision to change, it's an easy thing to do because that's what you want. If it's been pushed on you. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. That's why it becomes hard because that's where you start getting lost and say, oh my God, what? what?" And and that's what happened with with the restaurant in Melbourne with George is it got closed. So I was just like, what am I going to do? And the way it got closed is it was personal to me because I was criticized as a chef, I was criticized as a business owner, I was criticized uh, as something I had worked all my life, being a chef. And I thought that I will never be able to ever open a restaurant again because of that stigma that was stuck to me, you know, and that was a big, long you know, five months to recover, recover from it and discover myself again, saying, no. all right, I might not do a restaurant, but people bloody appreciate me on the screen. So why don't I concentrate on that? And, st- you know, I still got a foot in the door when it comes to food. So, you know, you don't have to own a restaurant. What, what, yeah. Who says that you have to? Change can be hard if it's not your choices there. Mental health and well-being are real issues in the construction industry. Men in construction are twice as likely to take their own life compared to the ones who work in other industries. And that's just not good enough. With John Holland's help, we want to make a change. We've joined together to have honest conversations about mental health, life, and stories of people who have overcome challenges. When we hear about stories and struggles that sound a bit like ours, we can learn from each other and remember that we're not alone. You know, we can uh, in life have a pretty set mind about where we want to go, but it's almost net. We're almost always going to have to pivot. So it's being clear on what the general goal is, but also being adaptable. That okay, that might not work, but you know what? What's the other avenue I can quickly go down, or where can I take these same skill sets and apply them in a different realm, or whatever it is? Like it's we can't be set on one specific way of doing it. That, that's right. I, you know, I, you know, there's only thing that stop us really. It's ego. Mm. It's ego. You know, ego, ego stops everything, doesn't it? Ego yeah. And, yeah. and 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 we constantly worry what everybody else got to think about us. It, it's so hard. Like what I find hard is, um, I've gotten a lot better with it. But with ego, it's like, you know, similar to you, I'm very ambitious. I want to do things, and I keep trying and pushing myself. And to compete, if you're competitive and you're competing in these industries full of egos, but you're trying to also keep that balance, how do you find that balance of keeping the ego at bay while pushing? Because you know what, Nick? You don't have to compete. You don't Just have to be compete. yourself and yeah. do what you, what you do well. It's having yeah. having three restaurants on one street, one Italian, one French, one Chinese, all right? One close on Monday, one close on Tuesday, one close on Wednesday. Why? Because they're helping each other to keep the customers in. They don't close yeah. at the same time, so the, the, busy, the street is always busy. Competition is, is the worst thing. Just be yourself and do what you do well. I, I'm back in Victoria right now, and I've seen it even, you know, we've gone into a lockdown um, two days ago, and I've heard so many people in Victoria saying, it's not fair why you know we've we've been played by the rules it's not fair that we've been affected why haven't the other states been affected and i'm thinking hang on this is this, this isn't it's not a game not, it's not a competition you know it's like we're all trying to you know everyone's doing their best we're trying to deal with the situation it's a crazy line of thinking who cares like let's oh, all just support man. each other it blows my mind it blows my mind you know it's not that hard. It's, you know what I loved about COVID so far is we've slowed down. Everybody mm-hmm. slowed down. Everybody cues. Everybody talks to each other. Everybody respects each other. Everybody eats together at the table. You know, we play board games like we haven't played board games. We start reading again. 
you know, the planet looks better. You know, the, there's blue skies in countries that have never been blue skies before. There's more fish in the ocean than there's ever been. There's no plastic by floating anywhere. You know, like, I think there's pros and cons. But I think the, the human race are just a silly bunch of people. Unbelievable. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Illogical. Um, <laughs> but it is. But you know what I, what I love about everything you're saying here and is... You're you're always more looking towards the negative. The, sorry, not the negative. The the positive. What's the positive I can take out of this? And if we do take that step back in coronavirus, there's a lot of positives. Obviously, there's some negative things, but there's a huge amount of positives. And I think the point is, in life, no matter what decision we make, there's going to be good and bad outcomes. So we've got to be re- realize in society that there's no such thing as perfect. And it probably it feeds back into this whole ego competitive thing like you're saying you want to do something just do it who cares what anyone else is doing do it because you enjoy it you love it it really doesn't matter what the outcome is just go and you know do you things know, for yourself last year uh, sorry last what are we 20 uh end of 2018 i was uh weighing 107 kilos i was like pretty big um again it was a a, a mixture of working hard not doing well in business, eating a bit too much, drinking a bit too much, not caring about myself enough. And I turned around to my wife, I said, January 19, uh, 2019, that's it, I'm, I'm doing this. So I took a 12-week challenge and I, I've never been a sports person. Uh, physical stuff has never been me. Stopping food has never been me. Uh, not drinking has never been me, but I did 12 weeks of that. Diet, five days a week at the gym, no booze. Lost 12 kilos in a wow. space of 12 weeks. And I didn't do it for my image. I do it for my head. And I tell you what, Nick, it's been a year and a half, and I still do five days a week sport, and I still keep the weight down because it feels good in here. Beautiful. I, I love that. And and a, a huge part of the work I'm doing here, actually, and a thing where we're going to be releasing soon is actually programs around around that for your mind, you know, fitness for your mind. Because I, I train every day or six days a week. And for the exact same reason as you, I come from a competitive sporting background. That's why I started doing it. But I nothing helps mental my mental health more than movement. And I think it's such a powerful thing. And I think that's such a great message you're saying. You're doing it not because you, you know, care. You're attaching it to how it's going to make you look. The, it makes the, you feel it's good. A, it's that's a, a, at the end of the day, it's a bonus. You look good. That's the cherry on the cake. But before you look good, it makes you it makes you feel good before you look good. Actually, you know, you exactly. still, if you're still not in shape, but you, every day you come back from the gym or boxing or cycling, you come back and go. Oh, you know, you. You just you, you get into that shower going, yeah, you know, you start the day wicked, you know. Makes you feel amazing. It clears your head. You you know, it's just, I, I think it's incredible how much of a positive impact it has. And we need to, you know, look at things from that level. It's like, this is a funny thing. If you're attaching something, if you're looking at, I want to get a six pack or something, or you and you're training purely for that reason, you're probably not going to stick to it because after and i've seen friends do this they do it for two weeks oh this is painful i you know there's not enough meaning attached to it yeah yeah. if i remove all of that meaning and say i'm just going to exercise daily because i it makes me feel so good yeah and that becomes part of what you do the end outcome is you probably get the six pack anyway that's right like you know change reversing how we like look at these things yeah yeah that's right that's right i mean um i'm dreaming of the six pack mate but uh, i don't know if it's gonna happen (laughs) because you know, I, I care, I care, I care more about my my food because that's that's what makes me happy as well. You know, um, well, food's amazing. Because when when I did my, my challenge uh, last year, it, it did make me happy to do the training. It made me happy to see my body shape change. But then I also find an happiness in missing the food. So now, yeah. I, I, now I find a balance where I still go training. I enjoy my food. I'm never going to get a six pack, but I'm happy with that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I've got a, yeah. I, I've, I found a balance between being able to have a glass of a red wine every now and then, having the food that I want to eat, um, because we all have, have a, a, a different body types as well. I've got friends mm-hmm. of mine who eat three times more than me who have, who have the six pack. 
bastards. Exactly. And, <laughs> but it is what it is. Everyone's you know? different. You've got to find a yeah. way and to, to yeah. find a balance, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's another thing that in, in the work I do, we're talking about all the time. It's it's um about balance. It's not about doing everything perfectly. And it's like, I, I can't count how many diets there are out there. And, and they they can be overwhelming. And it, a lot of people will go and try one of them and they stick to it for a little bit, try a new thing. It's like, it's about creating what can I uh, do on a day-to-day basis that's manageable and enjoyable enough for me that I can stick to long-term, you know? Like, if you, if you, don't, if you hate doing it or it's painful, you're not going to stick to it. And the word is enjoyable. And yeah. we, we always call those a diet, but they're not really a diet. They're, they're a lifestyle, which yeah. means it's changing the lifestyle you used to have. So it's yeah. up to you to embrace that new lifestyle or just bugger it. I can't deal with that lifestyle. You know, exactly. Unfortunately, exactly. It's, it is it is it is one or the other. But um, yeah, you, you, yeah. At the end of that, you've got to enjoy what you do. It's very important. And it goes back to what you said before. Don't worry what other people are doing. Find what works for you. I know what works for me. You know what I do every day: exercise, meditate, do these different things that work for me in my routine, and I enjoy them. They might not work for someone else. Something else that I hate doing might work for someone else. You know, and it's a question that I think you've again answered pretty much answered this question but i was going to ask what are your daily routines that you do that keep you feeling you know grounded and feeling good i guess you've said exercises yeah so a big one now. monday monday wednesday friday i do uh, an hour of boxing with a one-on-one coach uh for an hour so that's three hours a day a oh, week sorry on tuesday uh morning i do 35k's cycling with my neighbor so 35k's on tuesdays and Last Sunday, I did 60Ks on the bike as well. So I'm training for a triathlon uh, in November. And again, that's one thing I do every year. I give myself a challenge. So I've, I've done the Kokoda Trail in, in Papua New Guinea. Oh, I've lost 12 kilos last year. Uh, I'm doing a triathlon this year. Uh, I want to do a boxing match next year. So every year I give myself one thing ticking the box before I get too old kind of thing. You got a bit of time before you're too old, mate. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> but but um, no, I think that's good having that longer term, you know, that thing for your mind to, to look forward to that you, you're working towards. Um, yeah. I, it, it, yeah, it gives you a, a, something to look for. And, and so, you, I don't know, it, it kind of pushes you a little further, I suppose. If, if yeah. you just try and... F- for the fact of training is, is great, but if you train for something at the end of the year, it's even better kind of thing. Absolutely, 100%. Um, in the cooking industry, the you hear about a lot of chefs um, either burning out, I mean, even suicide in that industry because of the, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's because, and from what I've learned about it, because it's so competitive, cutthroat, the hours are long, the pressure's huge. Is this something you've seen with a lot of chefs? And... How how do you navigate that in that industry? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a very difficult subject to to approach because I somewhat understand it, mm-hmm. but I, I just it's it's a, it's a really hard concept to as a human being saying I'm not worth living on this planet anymore because I fell at running a business. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not a good I'm not a good enough dad, uh, I'm not a good enough husband, I'm not a good enough human being in 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 general, uh, I, I, and that is because of what society expects from you, and mm-hmm. it, I find it really hard to accept that people have to act that way, and and the problem is is. Restaurants are hard to run, yes, but we, you know, those people have been running restaurants for a very long time, so it's it's mm-hmm. always been mm-hmm. that way. But it's just the margins are are so small; it's not even worth running in restaurant anymore because th- those people probably they put their house on, on yeah. to buy a, a business, and so the, basically they're taking away the roof over the top of their families, and so that's that's the, that's the pressure that those people are going through. But just close, sell, walk away from it, 
rebuild yourself, rebuild the life. I know it's easier to say than done. I'm not saying it's easy, but I just want to scream at people saying, it's okay. It's okay. You know, just start again. Just buy yourself a, a one-bedroom flat with your three kids if you have to and, and build again. I, I, I split up with my first partner at the age of 35 and I thought and I, I had no money whatsoever. It was before the TV stuff, so I had no money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to a, one, a, a bed seat, one bed, a small kitchen and a small bathroom at the age of 35. I was living like uh, uh, 20 years old. And I had to share my bed with my four-year-old kids every weekend. Mm. And it was horrible. And you feel terrible. You know, but a year later, I was able to have a two-bedroom flat. Two years later, I was able to have a four-bedroom house. You know, and, and it's, you just got to, you know, you go through horrible times. It's not the end of your life. It's a horrible moment. And you've got to go through it. What is it you need to fix? What is it you need to get on with? Mm-hmm. And I know there's obviously people who deal with it better than others. But I, I, I really wish I could help those people to get through it uh, because it's, it's... You know, and hopefully this, this interview as well, I'm sure will, you know, help people that, that listen to it. And what you're saying there, it, you know, it's not just for the... Uh, cooking restaurant industry that, that applies to everything, and yeah, you know, yeah. in, in and it's so important right now with coronavirus that people and I, I think it's just such beautiful examples that you keep giving from your own life that people are feeling overwhelmed right now. They can't see a future. It's uncertain. But the thing we need to keep reminding ourselves is exactly what you're saying. Whatever pain we're going through, whatever difficulty it is, that's right now. It's not nothing is forever, and life is always going to be up and down. Uh, so we've got to remember that and think, okay, yeah, it might be hard. Things might not be ideal. Remove your ego. Who cares? Everyone at different times has good and bad things happen. What can I actually do right now to just try and take the steps forward? And how do I, and just keep reminding myself what I'm grateful for and, you know, what I need to do daily to try and get, get back to where I want to be. You know, it's like. Uh, and you are the only one that can fix things. Don't expect yeah. help. You know, yeah. yeah, you can talk to people to uh, empty your chest so you can liberate yourself of your yeah. anger and yeah. your frustrations. Yes, but those people are not going to help you. You can help yourself. You know, stop, stop beating yourself up. Just get up, be strong, take a piece of paper, take a pen, put the pros and cons and try to eliminate the cons and, 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 and start working on the pros. I know it's it's easier said than, than done. I know that, but frankly, there's only one person that can help you. It's you. No, and and you know what? Like that's the thing with this. It's like it's very hard to do, but it actually is logical and it's simple. There might be a few things. Okay, I'm going to really focus on that. What can I not control? All these different areas. Okay, you know what? I can't control them. If I sit there and think about all these different things, I can't control. For one hour, 10 hours, two weeks, it's actually not going to change it. It's going to make me feel worse. Remove that, focus on what we can control. And the, it's practice. The more we can practice these things. Uh, and like you say, I love the points you're making about, and this is so true, uh, we can't rely on any anyone to do anything for us or to change our mind. It's about listening to our gut. You know, like you're saying, your gut often tells you what the best decision is. Yeah. Following that, I, I know for me, again, you know, things like, because I do these things that I love doing every day, just exercising, going for a walk, drinking a coffee, you know, when you are allowed to go to a cafe. Just, I love just sitting in a cafe and having a coffee, seeing life around me. These are things that you don't actually, even if you don't have a lot of money or your life isn't where you want it to be, you can still do them every day. People can't take those away. Have things like that that you can do so that when things do, you know, go bad, it's like, well, you know what? I can still do these things that make me feel good every day. It empowers you. Um, I think it sums up a lot of what you're talking about too. I was reading on your your website um, where you're saying food is pleasure, live to eat. I think I'm saying it right. Live to eat, don't just uh, eat to live. And I think that's a beautiful quote, not just for eating, but for everything in life. And it really sums up a lot of you know what you've spoken about today. Do it's things so for important. pleasure. Don't do things because you have to. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Do it. Do it because it makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, and with and you you mentioned before. So your current projects at the moment, you've got um, Source by Manu. That's yes. And you is that that's out in in stores. Yeah, it's at, in at Woolies. At, yep. It's in Woolies. Yeah, uh, and yep. and that that project uh, started as just having a, a source on on the market to help people to eat better and, and quicker and faster. And, and because I know that people always say, oh, you know, I don't have the time, which is, you know, you've got time to do everything else but cook. Um, but yeah, helping people to eat better. And there was no sauce, fresh soy sauce on the market that existed with mm. real ingredients, no preservative, no additive and no sugar. So I'm the first one that brought this uh, in Australia, which I'm very proud of. Uh, Amazing, but unfortunately, it's also the only one in a category. So it's a brand new category, which mm. is going to take a while to build. And I'm hoping to get some competition soon, so we can build up that that category. And, and but I suppose mine will always be the best. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> um, yeah, making sure that people are putting the right food in their body as well, because this is, I think. And I'm not I'm not a, a, a doctor or a professor of any kind, and I don't have the the knowledge of of all. But I do believe that if you put the right stuff in your in your body, uh, you probably have a little bit of a better life. Because I suppose that if you look at a sauce, for example, that is on the on the shelf, not in the fridge, and it's got a date of two years on it. You've got to question yourself what it's made of and what you're putting in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And with mental health in, in this area, uh, food, what we eat, is directly linked with our mental well-being. And, you know, it's um, our, our gut health. That, that's being yes. shown scientifically to link to you know, how, how we cope mentally. Um, like you're saying, it's like thinking, well, I've bought this, you know, brand new Mercedes whatever car you've got and you, you're putting, you know, crappy fuel in it or you're putting, I don't know, what, like dirt in it to try and run it, it's it's uh, not going to run so well and you wouldn't do it. So people, you know, treat your body like you would with the car that you really care about. That's right. right. Stuff in it. Yep. Yeah. 100% um, well said. I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> you can steal that one. Yep. I've stolen it off someone else. So t- t- use it wherever. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any other current projects we can direct people to? And, yes, uh, and we'll put I've, links. Got, um, I've got a, a warehouse that I've bought a few years ago uh, in Botany, uh, in Sydney. And it's a multifaceted business. It's a, it's a, f- a function center. Uh, but it also got, uh, it's also built to, to do a filming in, in a kitchen. It's also mm-hmm. got a commercial kitchen to run uh, functions like weddings and and brand um, launching and so on. Um, I've, been, I've been building for about a year now, and it's about six weeks away. Um, and I'm very excited for the project. My wife is running the, the business. So again, you know, you've got to attach someone to that business so you don't have to run the whole thing. Uh, it's called La Botanique, Q-U-E at the end. And as I say, it's a it's, um, function center, filming studios, still photography, uh, for chefs and magazines and TV networks and so on. So uh, it's pretty much everything I've done in my life under the same roof. Under one roof. That's that's amazing, man. That's so exciting. I think both of these projects sound like they're huge passion projects for you and a lot's gone into them. So it's it's super exciting. And we'll put links in the, the show notes and um, direct people to these different um, ventures when this comes out as well. And just to finish up, we have a few sort of quick questions we ask, we finish every episode with. Before that, um, in summary, I mean, you've said so many amazing things that I know is going to help people. What would, just in summary, with all the uncertainty, coronavirus, everything happening in the world, what would what would you say to people out there that are struggling, that are finding it hard to find meaning in, you know, and look forward to, you know, something in life? What would you say to them? I think uh, something that I don't have much of, but patience. Um and and follow your dreams, uh, re- even if it's going to take a little longer than you thought it was going to take. Just keep at it. Don't don't give up. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I've got these five questions. I finish every episode with. Don't have to be long answers. Whatever comes to mind. The first one is: What's your best childhood memory? Uh, my best childhood memory is. 
probably live in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, what do you think currently in society today is the biggest burden on mental health? Uh, I, I think is is society what people uh, expect from you. And, and I think the word ego is probably mm-hmm. something that we need to kind of regulate a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, where do you see mental health in society in 10 years in, in the sense of do you see things in general getting better, things like ego and, you know, all these things we spoke about, the competitive nature, do you see it improving or declining or a bit of both? Um, I think there will be more awareness because there's people like Unique that uh, are getting the word out. So I think the more we speak about it uh, and the more that we tell people that they can speak speak out as well uh, I think it probably won't disappear I suppose but hopefully there'll be more understanding and easier yeah, way to do yeah. it I, I completely agree you know it can never disappear but it can become much more manageable for yes all yeah I think I think the right learning the right exercise to apply yeah two more here um, what's your personal definition of happiness um that's a hard one. Eh? Um, happiness is being satisfied, you know, satisfaction. Uh, and again, it can be at home with your family, at work, um, um, exercising. As long as you do what you want to do and you achieve what you want to achieve, it's satisfaction. It's, it's pretty much it. I love that answer. And it's really about being present, just enjoying what we're doing every moment, you know. Um, So final one, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done? I'm sure that, well, I know there's a lot, but um, (laughs) maybe there's probably too many to list. What the one that comes to mind that... (laughs) Uh, I've done a few, you're right. But uh, what comes to mind because of you is Dancing with the Stars, mate. You know, (laughs) do you know why? Because, and you're going to agree with me, when you're on that stage before uh, the music starts and you have to stand there waiting for like two minutes or whatever when they, they show the, the background of what your wig's been like. It's, it's frightening, isn't it? I mean, you, it is. you're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This it's is terrifying. <laughs> God, that was my, my first experience on television. I was so shy at the time, as you can probably remember, and was still coming out of my own shell. But I remember that feeling of, what the hell? I'm on TV. We've got an audience. It's live, live on television. Yeah. Where and and not not only having to do a new dance, we've got to remember all these steps. Stuff up one thing. It's just, it's crazy. There's it's crazy. many times you like. I just want to disappear. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what? I I feel like I I learned so much from that yeah. because I I use that in my head even to this day when I've done something new that's really daunting. I think, hang on, I remember what I went through on that show. That's right. <laughs> and think. I got through that. I can get through this. So it's like, yeah, it's a yeah. good thing. No, I, I think my first year of my kitchen rules was the toughest as well. I, yeah. I, I had a ball in my stomach every single day for three months. I was wow. worried about the script. I was worried about people uh, watching me. I was worried about the cameras. Like it was bloody scary. I can imagine. It's a it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And, and, and like we said, there's probably about 50 to different things we could list here that yeah. are courageous that you've done but good examples there and Mano, I it means a huge amount to me having you come on here I know you're going to help so many people through this conversation you've actually really inspired me just having this talk and it's made me uh, excited about even some of the things I'm doing because I, you've reminded me about a lot of you know positive thinking habits so thank you so much for coming on it, thank, it, it thank you thank you for thinking of me and thank you for inviting me and uh, it's been nice to catch up with you after all those years and maybe next time we'll have a beer. Absolutely, mate. We'll definitely have a beer after. Once I'm allowed in Sydney, um, we'll grab a beer. All right, sweet. <laughs> Thanks so much, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Buzard. would like to thank John Holland for proudly sponsoring this episode. Thanks to Manu Fidel for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Move Your Mind. We're going to be releasing new episodes every week and we would love it if you could subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a comment, leave a star rating, recommend us to a friend and help support us on this journey. 
Join me, Nick Brax, in Mental Health Masterclass, where you can access cinema-quality essential mental health education from world-leading experts anytime, anywhere. Each 12 to 15-minute module comes with comprehensive workbooks and a range of printable books with optional tasks, behavior change tools, information, and guidance to create healthy, preventative long-term habits. Go to courses.nickbrax.com to enroll, or simply go to nickbrax.com and click on the Mental Health Masterclass icon. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 